Hey everyone, this is James White, one of the co-hosts here at the Everyday Ministry Podcast. I just want to let you all know that we were going to be re-releasing a previous episode in which we recorded back in 2017 on planting churches in the state of Alabama. An interview that I did with a Mr. Lamar Duke. He is the church planting specialist at the Alabama Baptist, and so we decided to re-release this episode for a few reasons. One is that when we released it, we released it in a batch episodes of other church planners throughout the entire country. Due to that, we had very few downloads on that episode. But also because, as many of the listeners already know, that these few months here in the February and March areas when my my first child, Charlotte, is born, and then in March, Daniel is expecting his second child. So because it's hard for us to leave new episodes right now, one thing that we wanted to do is to release this episode again to give it some more airtime because this is a fantastic episode on the church planning movement that is happening in the state of Alabama. And if you listen to the episode, you'll hear the heart of Lamar Duke, the heart of the church planning initiative in Alabama, of the Alabama Baptists, and you'll hear my heart for church planning. So we want to encourage you to take a listen to this episode if you have not heard it already. But if you have heard it, I would encourage you to listen to it again and just soak in the wisdom of Mr. Lamar Duke. We thank you so much for tuning in once again at the Everyday Ministry Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. This is James, and I decided to interview Lamar Duke, and he's going to introduce himself here in a second. But it's a great man that I've got to meet through church planning in Alabama. So, Lamar, if you would, introduce yourself. Well, it's good to talk with you, uh, James. I've uh, really been looking forward to this, and uh, I'm honored to be. I am Lamar Duke. I am the lead church planning strategist for the Alabama State Board of Missions. And what that means is that... Uh, I'm the champion of church planning throughout the state of Alabama. I'm married to my wife, Dolly. We've been married for 47 years. We've lived in uh, six states and moved 16 times. That just means she deserves a sympathy card for all those moves. But uh, my, uh, uh, and I have six grandchildren, two two children, six grandchildren, and uh, two great-grands. And uh, my current ministry is that I lead church planning for Alabama Baptists and, and the area that I, I really have worked hard uh, the last four and a half, five years uh, since I've been here in Alabama is uh, is building systems for assessment, training, and coaching of planters throughout the state. We've been privileged to plant uh, about 72 churches throughout the state of Alabama and sent 20 men to other states 
to plant churches. I was a pastor of established churches for 25 years. Then uh, the last six and a half years, I was pastor of a new church plant outside of Savannah, Georgia. And uh, after that, I was director of missions in Pittsburgh, where we planted 24 churches in six years. And then I went to New York to be uh, state director of missions, uh, where we planted 57 churches in in uh, five years. Now I've been in Alabama almost five years. So uh, we're excited about what God is allowing us to do. I uh, met you, James, of course, when uh, your church uh, was planted by another planner, but you, you've uh, stepped into that role and and we've worked with you and it's been a, been a joy to get to know you. And uh, I hope that tells you a little bit about me anyway. Man, I think that that tells us a lot about you. You've done a little bit of everything and been a little bit of everywhere. Um, where was the church plant outside of Savannah? I don't guess I knew about that one. Uh, I planted a church in uh, South Effingham County, uh, where, near where they plant, where they build uh, Gulfstream airplanes. Okay. Uh, about 23,000 people had moved in there at that time. Now 56,000 people live in that area. Oh, wow. But, uh, but they they had moved in there to plant air, to build airplanes, and uh, I moved out there to plant a church to reach those people that were outside the norm of that community. And uh, we had a great time. In six years, we saw uh, over 300 people worshiping with us, and uh, we owned 47 acres and built a building that looked like a Walmart. And they called us a Walmart church, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> So when you lived out there, did y'all ever go to Tybee Island? Oh, absolutely. I know all about Tybee Island. Yeah, it was about 18 miles from our house, but we went out there regularly. Yeah. That's my mm-hmm. that's my favorite beach. Uh, oh, yeah. Me and my wife love to go there. Uh, we don't get to go much because we don't live 18 miles away, but uh, <laughs> we love going. All right, well, we'll get into it. I know you're a busy man, so uh, right. you know I did want to say this before we – jump into it you're talking about the the process that you've helped develop and i guess we'll probably talk about it in a minute you know that's what i had to go through and i loved it i think uh the basic series the basic is i think is that what you're still calling it church yeah, planning Alabama basics church planning basics yeah mm-hmm. um i know i know it's really geared towards church planning but pretty much everything that you cover would be great for anybody that pastors a church absolutely so, absolutely Loved yeah, it. I agree, I, and we found the same same things that uh, start a healthy church will also grow and lead a healthy church. So it's uh, they're very similar. I don't think there ought to be so much of a line of demarcation between the two, planning and pastoring. They ought to be. People That's need right. to understand that they're the same game. You know, That's same, right. same ministry. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, the first question I always ask people when they come on here, and I, I love this question because I get a different answer every time. But if you could define what an everyday minister is, what would you call it? I would say that's that's a man or woman who gets up every morning with uh, the determined uh, set goal in their mind and their heart and do everything in their power to cooperate with God to write redemptive history over the 21st century and particularly over this day. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I, my day to day has not been like I had planned. It's had a lot of things that uh, came in my path, 
But because of those interruptions, I had the opportunity to meet a, a lady who just gave her life to Christ this morning by somebody else sharing the gospel. And I was one of the first people that she met with after she accepted Christ. And I told her, you, you know, uh, you, we got the same daddy, so uh, so we must be brother and sister. And we, we had a great fellowship together. And uh, I just get up every day looking for where God is at work and try to join him and cooperate with him in everything that I do. I think that's an everyday ministry, isn't it? Uh, man, I agree right there with you. Um, and that's why I like this question because uh, a lot of, I guess what most people think of a minister, they're thinking of that pastor, youth pastor, or in this case, a church planner or a music pastor, whatever it may be, but it's everyone. It's not just mm-hmm. those that are in vocational ministry. It's every one of us that follow after Christ. Um, Absolutely. And Everybody that knows realizes Christ, or knows that woman you met this morning. So, right. I mean, it's, yeah. man, it's, Man, that's I love your answer. It's a lot more educated than I think I could put together. So <laughs> encouraged by it. Um, well, the first question I wanted to ask you, and it's probably not the first time you've ever been asked this question, is why plant more churches in Alabama? Well, it is, it is a question that's often verbalized to me, and it's also a question that I think a lot of people maybe don't have courage to articulate it to me, but they're thinking that way a lot of times. <laughs> But yep. uh, in, a, in a state that has almost 3,300 Alabama Baptist churches, and we have almost 5 million people living in this state, the question is always in front of people's mind, why more churches? Why don't we have enough churches? We, we just need to, need to grow those churches. And, 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 and there's a sense in which if all those churches were full, that would be one thing. But, but here's the deal. There's 2 million-plus people in the state of Alabama don't go to anybody's church. That's right. Did you, did you let that sink in? Almost half the people in the state of Alabama don't go to anybody's church, not of any denomination, of any description. So that tells me that the system we now have is perfect for the results we're now getting. However. It's not perfect for those that aren't coming. I mean, you know, so how are we going to reach those people that are outside the protection of God's grace by not knowing him as personal Savior? We, we have to figure out how to do that. We need a system, a system of alteration, if you please. We need a system that reaches the people that are not being reached now. And one of the parts of that system, I believe, is new churches. Because new churches, the first year of life, they baptize 10.7 people per 100 members, whereas the average Southern Baptist church baptizes about 2.3 per 100 members. So uh, it seems to me, you know, that church plants do a pretty good job of evangelizing and reaching new people that uh, that maybe the established churches, the systems are great for the ones that they have coming, but it's not great for the results outside that. That's right. I actually, I got to email you about it this week. We had a, a guy visit our church for the first, first time he's ever been in church uh, this past Sunday. And for me personally, that made it more realistic um, than ever before. But one thing I remember when I went through the church basics, uh, and you might be able to remember the website off the top of your head. I actually was looking at it a few weeks ago, but I couldn't find it um, again today to talk about it. But it gives us the the stats of the different areas and counties and cities in Alabama of the unchurched. 
Do you remember the name of that website? PlantAlabama.org. Yes. You go there, and then and then in the the questions down there for considering planning or currently planning or looking to partner, there's a question: Where should I plant? If you click there, it'll take you to uh, ImpactAlabama.net, which is another website that uh, has that uh, map of Alabama, and it has a little. Uh, tagline a little uh, little flag for each of the top 100 places in alabama where we need a church plant if you click on that it'll give you a two-page uh, demographic of why we need a church in that particular location and uh, that there's also a lot of other information on that website uh, like a, a mission digest you can actually enter your zip code find out who lives in your zip code and that sort of thing you, you, can, you can access it through plantalabama.org or, or, or you can access it directly. It's impactalabama.net. We'll put both of those in the show notes. So if you want to look at them, you can click right on them. Um, I was actually looking at it in preparation of a sermon a few weeks back. And I looked at, you know, our state and then I, I dropped it down to uh, our district and then our county and then our city. And all of them were sixty percent unchurched or higher. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. I think my my two million is probably very conservative for the state of Alabama. It's probably a lot higher than that, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to be uh, realistic with that. But uh, yeah, you're right. Sixty percent are unchurched, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a scary thought. It's In the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's sixty percent right. unchurched. You know. That's and right. Then, and. And um, I don't remember where it was, but most people don't go to church because they're never asked. Uh, I forgot who came out with that statistic. Yeah. Um, I think it was Life, Lifeway. Lifeway recently did a survey said 80% of the people who do not ever go to church said that if a friend or relative invited them, they would come. And if mm. you invite them twice, that number goes up to 90% would come. Mm. <laughs> you know, so, so you just have to keep keep on inviting them but uh you know that's pretty amazing so it tells me the reason they're not coming is because we're not inviting we got the best secret in the world but we're keeping it a secret that's right well um let's get off that rabbit trail and uh if you would just briefly tell us about the the process um that y'all go through in planting churches in alabama well, again, if you go to that uh, website, planalabama.org, and uh, if you look in there uh, at, under the menu, there's a place you can click here, and and it, it's, it says start here. And, uh, and on that, there's 10 steps that we encourage people to go through, and that's the application and assessment part of the, of the first step. And, and the application process helps you get ready for an assessment retreat. We have, uh, I think you went through a re- uh, uh, interview, mm-hmm. but we've stepped that up now to a two-day retreat. We're going to have one uh, September 11 and 12, and we have uh, six couples hopefully going to be ready to go through awesome. that and be uh, be assessed, and we'll have probably 15 or so assessors in the room, and we'll go through a lot of things. They will share uh uh, their vision, their call to ministry, their uh, sermon, they'll preach, and, and and a lot of other things that you didn't have to go through because you went through on the interview process. But now we do all of this preparatory work, and then and then we take them through this assessment. 
And I say that the assessment actually asks the question, why? Why you? Why planning? Why here? Why now? Why with this group of people? Why? Why? And and because uh, you've been a pastor long enough to know now that on Monday morning, uh, the only thing that keeps you there sometimes is is the call of God. It can't be, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you go to a place maybe because the need is great, yeah. but you stay there because the call of God is there. So what we're getting at here is, are, is this person ready to take on the rigors of what it takes to plant a church? Mm-hmm. That's the first part, the why, the assessment and application part. And then the second part is the training. You went through Alabama Church Planning Basics. It's a three-day drinking from a fire hydrant. <laughs> of, uh, you learn it's the what. It's what would I do if I go plant a church. It's basically 15 different sessions uh, that tell a pastor or a planner what, what you ought to do on a regular basis. And I think you've already tested in this podcast the fact that that's been very helpful for you as a pastor, pastoring uh, Lighthouse Church, to do that. And, and then the third piece of that is now we've added a year-long coaching to that, once a month, four hours each month, and we, we coach these guys after the basic training. And, and somebody described it as uh, the the basics is, is like uh, unloading box after box after box from a moving van and the coaching is taking one box at a time and helping that planner unpack that box and figure out the how you know because uh, we we get the why in the assessment we get the what in the training and then we get the how in the coaching and that's that's where uh, it comes that's really our process it's three parts and uh and that's what we're trying to build because Ed Stetzer several years ago uh, said that uh, he did a study, and he, he, he out of that study, he said if a planner is assessed well, trained well, and coached well, he has an 85% success rate. Hmm. And that's, that's why I put all my eggs in these three baskets. So uh, we're trying to we're trying to make sure. And by the way, in Alabama, we've actually started a few more than seventy-two churches, but the seventy-two are the ones that succeeded. We have a ninety percent success rate in Alabama of people who go through our process are successful in planning a church. Mm. And that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is a uh, on the national average. That's extremely high in comparison. I interviewed a guy that um, I believe it was in Indianapolis where he planted a church and it didn't last. And the biggest thing he contributed to was, well, one was pride, but the second one was the fact that he went in there by himself. And uh, we say say to our planners, as as you know, we say to our planners, do not embark upon this alone. Mm -hmm. We want to put people around them to help Mm -hmm. them be successful. Well, um, not not just for church planners in Alabama, but just uh, for church planners in general. You've, like you said earlier, you've planted in Georgia and you've been all over the U.S. pretty much. Um, what's an advi- one simple advice or a few that you would give to someone that is uh, seeking to plant a church? Well, I probably would go back and reiterate two things. I, I don't go unless you're called of God to go uh, because – 
if you're not called of God, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to stay because the devil is not happy when we start uh, planting churches to reach people. We don't plant churches in Alabama to uh, swap sheep. We plant churches to impact the lostness of society around us. And uh, when you get after that and get serious about it, Satan hates that, and he's going to come at you with everything he can. So a call of God is the first necessity. And the second thing, if I could make it a two-part answer, uh, the second part of it is don't go alone. There, You need a mentor. You need, you need a group of people that will go along with you and help you during that. I would say to a planner, don't go alone, and, and don't go unless you're called of God. Man, great stuff right there. I, I I know what it's like to be alone for a while, and uh, there's something about having a group of people encouraging you and being there with you. All right. Well, a different part of that question is maybe there's someone that's listening, and they're in the same city where a church plant is moving in or just moved in. Uh, what would you say to that that pastor of that already established church in that area? Do not fear church planners for taking your turf or taking people from your church because the planners that we train are not after your your church members. They're after penetrating those people who do not even darken the door of the church or don't even have church on their radar. And we want to reach them like the man that came to your church on Sunday. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, after you sent me that, I tweeted about it and wrote on Facebook about it bragging on you and what you're doing because uh because when you reach people who've never been to church by the way i didn't know there was anybody in vernon alabama that had never been to church but uh <laughs> that was, I was exciting to me. i was shocked that was exciting to me and uh so so you know that was a great illustration of what we teach is is that we're not a threat to the churches in the community we are an extension of those churches trying to reach people that like I said, the systems we're now using are perfect for the for the results we're now getting. So we're not discounting that, but we are starting systems to reach a set of people that maybe are underserved or not not uh, being reached at this time. Great nuggets of wisdom there. You know, the first question I asked outside of what an everyday minister is uh, was, "Why plant more churches in Alabama?" Um, and I made the statement that I know you probably get that question a lot, or like you said, maybe there's someone that they want to ask you that, but they never do. Um, and I think a lot of that comes to the fact that some people, you know, just don't understand, but there are some out there that oppose church planning. They're against it. Um, so uh, what would be an encouragement that you would say to them? Uh, I know sometimes you might would want to say something a little less encouraging to some people, but how would you encourage that individual? Well, most times when people uh, come to me with something opposing church planning, they are defending revitalization of an existing church. And they're saying, why don't you spend your time rebuilding, retooling, revitalizing a church rather than starting a new one? Well, the... uh, the truth of the matter is, we I believe both are necessary. Dr. Lance, our uh, executive director here at the Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions, says that uh, church planning and revitalization are the two wings mm-hmm. of the same plane, and we have to have both of them. We, uh, I, I am a trained coach with the team of people here in our building that work uh, with uh, revitalizing churches. 
our uh, coaching training that we do after the basic training, mm-hmm. we've tra- we've coached 175 men since 2014 in oh, wow. those coaching networks all across the state of Alabama. 58% of them are planners. The others are pastoring a church that they desire to know how to take it to another level of health. And we're trying to help both both these. It's not a one or the other. It's not, you know, I'm not a, an evangelist for church planning only. Right. I'm also, I'm an evangelist of Christ Jesus being king. And therefore, I'm involved in church planning. I'm also involved in revitalization and, and uh, really I, I try to speak twice about revitalizing churches before I ever bring up the idea of church planning. Mm. I'm kind of known because my my role here is as being a church planning guy, and that's fine. But I just want, uh, you know, there's not an, and it doesn't have to be enmity between the two. That makes sense. And yeah. uh, so, uh, so that's, uh, and, and I would say in our, uh, in the state of Alabama, the Myers-Mallory State Missions Offering is coming up with a week of prayer, September 10 through uh, 17, uh-huh. is a great opportunity for folks to get behind church planning because we are one of the five ministry uh, emphases that get supported through the Myers-Mallory State Missions Offering. A lot of people want to know, well, how can I promote missions here in Alabama? Well, that's one of the ways you can do it. And, uh, and uh, you know, of course, the program is always there, and that's a great way. We don't – the Myers-Mallory is not in competition with, with the co program. It's a complement to it, but it helps people have a targeted emphasis upon the state of Alabama. And uh, there's a lot of material uh, accessible at MyersMallory.com, which is our, our office's uh, – uh, website for that particular offering and week of prayer. That's definitely, it's actually a good segue to our, really the last question I want to ask you is how can someone at an established church um, help with the state board of missions or help uh, go alongside with church planning in Alabama? Well, I I you just gave Swap, those two examples. The program and Myers Mallory state missions offering are two, two good ways. Continual prayer. We have a program or ministry initiative that I've started called Adopt a Planner. And if they will email me or email you, you can get in touch with me and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll help them get plugged into a top uh, 10 list of uh, church planners that they can partner with and simply adopt them and pray for them and send maybe a couple up there to uh, visit with that church planner and encourage them and collect prayer requests and come back home and church pray for them. It's just, there's just a lot of ways you can do that. Uh, you don't have to have all the money, all the personnel, and all the know-how to church plant to, to adopt a planner and simply encourage them and pray for them. That's, that's one of the best things you can do because uh, I've been a church planner and it's a lonely job sometimes. You, you, uh, you feel like you're in the R&D department of church life and you're out there all by yourself and nobody else understands what you do. And, you know, it can get lonely and, and you need that encouragement. And uh, that's that's one of the ways I would. And, of course, if they want to do more, there's lot always more. There's, there's uh, sending church, sponsor church, 
supporting church. There's lots of things we can hook you up with to do that. But those are some basic things that I would recommend to a church to consider. Obviously, you got a lot more wisdom on this area than me. The one thing I would recommend, um, because it's free and it's uh, simple to do, and it's one thing, one one reason I recommend it is when I went to the basics uh, class with y'all, one of the biggest things that I come home with was that you encouraged each church planner to have at least 100 people praying for them in the church as they get started. Absolutely. I, I can't imagine doing it without that. I really can't. That's right. And uh, we even we even gave you some material in the back of that chapter mm-hmm. uh, to to know how to write the invite emails or letters to uh, to people uh, that you want to invite to be your prayer team. Mm-hmm. I, I still use some of that. I still have a prayer team that supports me in what I do today. And I'm not planning a church. I'm leading the church planning effort. But I still have a prayer team that supports me and uh, and I keep them updated on what we're doing. And uh, I think that's very important. I, I don't think we do anything worthwhile without prayer support. That's right. Um, and so, you know, maybe you're at a church that can't do more than that. Like he said, go to the adoptive planner and visit them and pray for them and just encourage them because uh, it is a lonely thing. Well, the way we always end the podcast is a plug of the week. So, you got any kind of recommendations for anybody out there at church planning or would just want to know more about it? Well, I would certainly recommend our uh, website, planalabama.org. And, uh, and, and uh, I would encourage you to go there. There's a lot of information on there and uh, lots of ways to, uh, to, you know, just click on those uh, questions on, on, uh, on the various places along there. And, and then of course, uh, Follow me on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, email, whatever you know. There's lots of ways you can you can do that, and I'm sure you you can already put that out for us uh, on there how to do that. I also wanted to make an offer just uh, for this podcast, James. I wanted to make it available if uh, if anyone would like it, if they'll notify you and you send me a list of the people that uh, that want it, we will give them a book it's called kingdom first starting churches that shape movements it's written by jeff christopherson who is the vice president of north american mission board currently and he was a planner in uh, toronto canada and uh, other places where i have known him and jeff's a friend of mine this book uh, we have several of these couple of boxes of them and i'll be glad to give them to the first 50 people who uh, respond and uh, That'd just be a gift from our office to to them. We really, uh, we really, uh, and there's some good stuff in there if they'd like to read about church planning and and delve into it a little bit deeper. Awesome. I, we really appreciate that at the podcast. And so, listeners, um, it's a free book. I don't know if you're anything like me, but uh, I try to read a book at least once or twice a week. Uh, and so, yeah. hey, um, send me. Uh, the information message me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or one of the other two co-hosts, and uh, we'll get that information to them and get the book to you. I appreciate that so much, uh, Lamar. Um, and before we get off of here, is there anything you want to say um, to finish it up? I, I just thank you for the opportunity to be on this podcast, and I look forward to the responses of people and uh, 
and let's just uh, live in such a way every day that uh, I should have said this in the everyday uh, minister uh, category when you asked me about that, but I live every day to increase the population of heaven and decrease the population of hell. And I would just encourage all of our, of our listeners to do the same and uh, look forward to what uh, heaven's going to look like because we've been faithful as everyday ministers. Awesome. Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. If you're encouraged by what you hear, please go like our Facebook page, share the episodes, and rate the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third Mondays. Our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in. Heading back to my